tired of being tired all the time? Have you wondered if there's got to be something more out there? Hi, I'm Kristen Latini, and I started asking myself these very same questions a few years into working mom life. And the type A scientist in me could not let it go. So I got curious, and the Build Your Own Fairy Tale podcast was born. Join me each week as we dig into different ways to do life, whether that's decluttering your closet or starting a side hustle. Together, we'll uncover steps toward the ultimate fairy tale. So consider yourself sprinkled with fairy dust, and let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Own Fairy Tale. If you're new here, we are coming off a high last week celebrating 50 episodes or one year of the Build Your Own Fairy Tale podcast. And along with those good vibes, I've still got that New Year energy. Do you too, or have you already fallen off track? Either way, as I mentioned at the top of episode 49 with Masako Kazawa, I wanted to include some special edition episodes this year because while I think we're all looking for more of that fairy tale life, not all of us are lucky enough to even know what that fairy tale is just yet. So if you're wondering what your thing is or your fairy tale is, I am right there with you. I am still trying to figure it out. So I thought it would be helpful to hear from someone who can help us navigate all the excitement and good intentions to help provide some clarity. And if you've been around long enough or follow me on Instagram, you may already know that I love all things decluttering and organizing. So I thought there's got to be a way that getting organized or more productive can help us identify our dream, right? And this is where today's guest comes in. Cue Lisa Zarodny. Lisa is the founder of Positively Productive Systems, host of the Positively Living podcast, and a productivity and accountability coach. That was a whole lot of peas for you. Surely though, with these credentials, she can help us prioritize what matters and help us, in her words, do less, live more, and breathe easier. And bonus, I've gotten to know Lisa through her Instagram posts, and she is so much fun. I know you're going to love her. We talk about decluttering, vision boards, and starting small. So without further ado, please welcome Lisa. Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for having me. I have been really excited to have this chat. Same here. You know, I am a fan of your podcast, but for our listeners who may not know you, this is the first time hearing your lovely voice. Can you tell us who you are and what you do? I would love to. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. I'm Lisa Zarotny. I'm the founder of Positively Productive Systems and the host of the Positively Living podcast. And I'm a productivity and accountability coach certified in positive psychology and stress management. I help multi-passionate entrepreneurs prioritize what matters to them and create and customize productivity approaches. That's really the key because you're able to achieve more by doing less if you do it the right way. And I love helping my clients figure that out. And on a personal note, I am a wife and mom to two kiddos and two cats. So when I'm not chatting up simplicity and self-awareness and talking about systems, I'm definitely hanging out with my family, either going to Universal Studios, like we just talked about, (laughs) or Disney, or playing music. We're a big musical family. Or really, when I need that time alone, I'll be drinking iced coffee and reading a book and probably trapped under a cat. (laughs) I love it. And this is why I love you. And not only what you, the content you share on your podcast, but the two kids, two cats, the iced coffee from Duncan. Like we've got all these, you know, donkeys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I love it. And I particularly love the achieve more, do less tagline. 
Exactly. We all feel so busy all the time, and I'm here to bust that wide open. You don't have to be constantly going because that, unfortunately, it might make you feel good at first because you're like doing the things, right? But then it leads to burnout, and I want to avoid that for all of us, and and we can. It's music to my ears, (laughs) and I'm sure all the listeners' ears as well. Also, can you just highlight... I think you mentioned serving multi-passionate entrepreneurs. Can you just elaborate a little bit? What is that exactly? Yeah, I'm bringing it up because it's something that some of us discover that we are, that we didn't even realize there was a word for it, right? And I want us to lean into that. You've may have heard multi-potentialite. Emily Wapnick brought this up in a TED talk about, you know, not having one true calling. You may have heard the term polymath and people like Da Vinci, right? When you think about it, he he painted the Mona Lisa and he was an architect and he was like into military strategy and like, you name it, he did it. And he did it without saying, oh, you know, I'm sorry that I want to do this too. Like it was unapologetic and it was really wonderful. You may have also heard people refer to themselves as scanners slash careers. There's a lot of different words, but really what it means is that you love to learn. You're probably a quick learner. You love so many different things. And most importantly, and this happens all the time in in interviews for me, you're like, I don't want to have to choose. (laughs) Stop telling me to pick one thing. Like even when someone says your favorite, I'm like, oh boy, (laughs) can I have two? (laughs) Those are multi-passionates and and probably serial entrepreneurs would be another one. If you have multiple businesses or multiple ideas, or if someone said, you have to stop doing this, what are you going to do next? You got a list a mile long, ready to go. Those are my multi-passionates and I'm one too. Thank you for explaining that. And I feel like we've learned a lot just in this one few quick minutes here, what you do and a little bit about who you are, but I want to get to know you a little further. Can you please share if you could be a fairy tale or fictional character, who you would be and why? Yes. So big Disney fan, and I do love this movie so very much, but I resonate with this character incredibly. And that would be Rapunzel from Tangled. Oh, you know, I love her. Yes. So... (laughs) she's talented. She maximizes her time even when she feels trapped, right? She's multi-passionate, right? Think about it. She's a book lover, you know, does candle making and paints and, and, you know, so many different things. And she loves all of these things, okay? She intuitively knows there's more to life. And she pushes ahead with those dreams even when she's torn about it and her family doesn't agree, She's welcomed by all walks of life for her genuineness and her ability to connect. And she's encouraging and she's brave and fierce without being unkind. She keeps her promises and bonus round. She loves to sing. She works a frying pan really well. I mean, frying pans, who knew? And she has great hair. So yeah, Rapunzel. Wow. I don't think we've ever had a Rapunzel answer, nor have we, you know, list out all those great reasons why. I think that was really like that answer, Lisa. (laughs) Thank you. I loved the question. And I was like, but why? It's not just that you love the movie. What what is it about her? And so I stopped to think about it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, She has so many great qualities. And I don't think I even thought about like, she just intuitively had that, you know, knowing there was something else. She didn't know what she she definitely took the physical leap out of the tower. Right. Yeah. And didn't know what to expect. She knew her mother wasn't going to approve. So I love that. I've never thought about it in that light. Thank you for sharing that. 
Oh, you are very welcome. And I think she can uh, inspire us all to take that leap, right? Which is what you're doing here. Absolutely. Well, and a great segue into this. So for this kicking off the new year, we are trying to dig into, okay, maybe I am multi-passionate, maybe I'm not, but I just still don't know what that dream is. Our listeners are trying to figure out, okay, before I can even start to take steps toward the dream, how do I identify what it is? So do you have any productivity tips or tricks, tools that we can use to sort of get all those even like little ideas out so that we could try to figure out which is the one or two or where I want to focus? So I was thinking about like where you would want to start with this. And yeah, let's be clear that it you don't have to consider yourself multi-passionate, but a lot of times there are a lot of like multitasking, you know, elements in your life, right? Or feelings that you're torn between a lot of times it's career and family, trying to balance business and family, all of these challenges where there are many things that you want, you want to experience, you want for yourself, you want for others. And what do you do with that? And I do feel as though those of us, especially, I would say parents, mom entrepreneurs, especially those who are nurturers, you know, caregivers, we put ourselves last and we don't even ask the question, what do we want? So I love that that's what you do. You're like, huh, how about this? let's start dreaming? Ask the question. But I was thinking, well, from the standpoint of what I do, how do we even start asking that question? So some of the steps that I take with my clients are steps that you can start right now with a lot of different resources, resources that I have, resources just type into Google, but figure out who you are first and foremost so that you can be in integrity and alignment. So this is understanding your core values, understanding your strengths, your quirks, your idiosyncrasies, the things that you might be you know, unsure about or embarrassed about because it's what makes you you. And when you lean into that, those are actually ways you can be more productive, but those are also ways that you can be true to yourself. You can be accepting of yourself and have that self-compassion that's so critical because when you do that, that allows you to be honest with yourself about what you're really dreaming. How many times do we like close off what we're really dreaming about because, oh, well, that can't be possible or that may feel kind of embarrassing, or I don't want to admit that even to myself. So I think that's an important step. So that's a step toward being more productive, but it's also a step toward that accepting and admitting what you're really dreaming and then nurturing your growth mindset. So it's like, okay, I'm not doing that yet. That's where positive psychology comes in. It's not denying the challenges. It's not saying everything's positive all the time. It's saying lean into the good, lean into the strengths, nurture that. And then another part of what I do, and this came from my professional organizing days, is talking about clutter and decluttering. And when I say make space for what matters, That's in so many different ways. Yes, it's physical space, but it's also mental space and heart space to say, no, this is a dream of mine. This is something I would really love to do. That belongs with everything else. I mean, those are like the first steps and that's not even like, oh, hi, here's a checklist yet, but they're big ones in order for you to move forward. Know what I mean? I was going to say they are, they all three of those seem, seem very big on their own. So can you dig a little bit more into that decluttering? Because I love a good clutter reference here. So it's not even just 
physical clutter, right? That I think we get the concept of, but it's the mental clutter of if you have these things swirling your brain, like I would love to go sit and do a puzzle. Oh, but why would I do that? That would be, I'd feel guilty. It'd be a bad use of my time. Yeah. Those are the stories we tell ourselves. Okay. Yeah. I think that'd be great. And, and when you're looking for a takeaway, you want to pick one thing that you heard today that inspires you and go try that. Otherwise, you're overwhelming yourself again. And that's not what we're intending. So with the idea of decluttering, you think about where the clutter is in your life and it can be mental, it can be physical, and they can affect and reflect each other. So your environment, if you don't know where to start, you can start with that clean off your desk, clean out a drawer, clean out a closet, and think about that moment when you have done that and how good it makes you feel and how you breathe easier. Envision that. I know you can think of one right now that you've done even recently, and then you want to walk by it and like purposely open it back up again and look at it and be like, hey. Absolutely. I definitely opened the closet door to admire my my organizing and decluttering work. (laughs) Exactly. It's a different energy. That's energy management that feeds right into productivity. So yeah, start anywhere you want. January is a big time for decluttering and organizing. It's that new year. It's the starting fresh, but I want you to think about it even further. So Yes, you're creating space. So physically, you could create space to actually do that puzzle, which again is something that brings you joy, that uses a different part of your brain. All of these things do make you more productive, but it also gives you space to just breathe. It gives you space for, like when people say it's empty space, I go, no, it's potential space. Because that's one of the things that we resist sometimes. We let clutter pile up because in a way, ironically, even though we say we don't like it, it feels protective. And so because empty, we don't want empty. It's like telling people to lose weight. You're like, I don't want to lose something. (laughs) Trying to remember my car keys here. I don't want to to lose things. You know, it's like, no, no, no. What we really want to do is, is create an open space to not just create an open space, but have an open space to create, to be more innovative and to dream and to dream bigger and to do the things. Also, when you're dreaming and you decide, oh, there's something I would like to do, you want to have an actual space, even physically, where you can do that. For example, I wanted to start a podcast. I needed to create a space and it doesn't have to be big. It was a corner of a room, but it was a dedicated space with my desk and my podcast equipment. It was a place that I could close off and do it. So it's it's making an environment that's conducive. It's breathing easier because you don't have so much stuff that's like screaming at you because all of those things are deferred decisions. All of those things sitting around are reminders to you of what you're not getting done. And all of that is weight on your shoulders. So when you clear that out, aren't you breathing easier just thinking about that? Yes. And I'm thinking too, I I can't function in my bedroom if the bed is not made. And in our house, I get up first. So it's my husband who gets up later. So that's his responsibility to make the bed. I hate those days when I come in and it's not made. I'm like, oh, why isn't this bed made? And I can't help myself. You need to make like, I just can't. It's that. What you just explained so eloquently, but I can't, I need that bed made before I can do anything else in the room to start my day. And what you just said is, is such an important 
takeaway here, which is that that's something that's a trigger for you, right? That's something that's important to you. And you don't feel like you can function without it. So honor that and know that we all have our own limits and thresholds. I've worked with people when I was an organizer to clear counters completely, like don't put a thing on there or it feels like it's cluttered. And then I've had other people who like to have all kinds of different things on the counter. Everyone works differently. You need to figure out what works for you and then honor that. And the other thing I'd love to add to this conversation of clutter is not just about taking what you have and clearing it out and figuring out what doesn't serve you, you know, using those filters of your values and your goals and what the space is needed for, whether that's your mind space or your physical space, but also to not bringing more in, which I think over the holiday season, that tends to happen a lot because people want to give gifts. It's well-intentioned. Please understand that. I know that. I am, I'm, no, I'm no Scrooge. I'm no Grinch. But it's being intentional about all that. So one of the, the phrases that I have is when life isn't adding up, right? You're frustrated. You want to go someplace different. You want to have a chance to dream and to move and to grow. When life isn't adding up, subtract. So you're not looking outward. You're not, don't buy a new planner. Don't buy a new organizer. Don't add a new platform. Find what's not working, what's clogging up your space and create the space first. Then figure out what you're doing. It's always process over platform. That's how I work with clients. What are your steps? Because you may not need that planner that you think you do. You may not need the organizer. It's look inward, not outward, and subtract instead of adding. And every single time you will breathe easier and you will be able to move forward. I love that. And it's such a great reminder because even, you know, like holiday sales and Black Friday, you're going through and, oh, this is great, but it's not the fix, right? You have to find that process. And I love how you'll highlight too. It's whatever, it's like what I do may be great for me, but it may not be for you. You need to find what works for you. If you want to do pen and paper, go for it. Otherwise you want to use a high-tech system, great, but you need to figure out the process first and what works for you. That's right. Know the steps, block them out. And I just hopped on a podcast that she built this podcast with Emily Aborn. I absolutely love her and what she's all about. And we talked about the simplicity of, of systems because systems feel so scary all the time, like, you know, and that they have to be these big complex things. They don't complexity. It doesn't equal better. Simple is just fine. And like you said, pen and paper. Sure. As long as you have the system in place, as long as you have the process in place, then you can figure out where you want to put that. And for me personally, I use a hybrid system. I work a lot digitally, but I do like pen to paper. And there's something mental about that. When I say mental, I do mean that there's a, there's a neurosensory benefit from our hands to our brains. And I like that. I like the feel of that. So I have a bullet journal that I kind of use in my own way that goes with my digital calendar. And that's what works for me. And that's what you need to figure out and then do it. And again, I'll say it again, unapologetically. You do you, boo. (laughs) I love it. And also too, I'm just, I'm feeling the relief, even hearing you talk through these things, because none of it was sit down and write down your top 10 ideas for what you're going to do with like, none of it was that, right? It was just clear things out, figure out the process, make a plan, like, in your day to day. And that 
adding to your productivity can then lead to, what did you call it? The potential space that then you'll be like, oh, light bulb, here's what I want to be doing with my life. And so to that point, and one of the things that I do with my clients, and I have this in a, a free library, so you can grab it if you want and try it. I have worksheets that I use, and one of them is core values, and I mentioned that before. The other one is the joy list. And it's literally like one or two pages, you know, minutes to complete this is sitting down and reflecting on what brings you joy. And and when you're looking at core values, it's like you're thinking back to times in which you had a great deal of pride and where something was extremely important to you. You're reflecting on these things. Well, it's interesting because as you're doing that and really learning about yourself you are absolutely going to have the data you need, the clues you need to where you're going to want to go because those things definitely touch upon your dreams or maybe show you the gaps. You're like, well, listen, I did all of these things, but I had always wanted to take that further. I'd always wanted to go in this direction or the one thing that isn't part of that, but I I love to do. It's on your joy list and you're like, why am I not doing that? Those give you clues, not only to what you love, but maybe a dream deferred. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm very excited to do the the core values and joyless worksheet. We did do a couple episodes on binding joy in season one. I have to go back to maybe link those as a reminder as well. But once then we have these clues, we pick up the clues and we have a dream, right? We're like Rapunzel, got a dream. We're ready. Then I feel like it's, oh boy. That's way too big. I'll never be, you know, the next ESPN hotshot reporter. I don't know, whatever, whatever your big dream is. How do you then chunk that down to be productive towards achieving that goal and not just like, oh, throw stuff at the wall or even worse, do nothing? (laughs) This is a great question because it actually signifies one of the biggest hurdles that we face because it's a tendency that we have to look at the bigger picture and almost discount the smaller picture, if you will, the smaller steps that are involved. I do want to take one tiny half step back because it's part of the process that I do with my clients. And it's also in that worksheet library. I call it the focus file because I'm obsessed with alliteration, but all it really is, is like, you could call it a brain dump, a mind sweep, a la David Allen. And it's, that's another way to declutter your mind. And you can use it in different ways. All the things that are taking my attention right now that I need to declutter the mind and and put it in a safe place until I'm ready for it. You could also use it for what are all the things that would be involved in doing this dream, you know, throw all of that down so it's in a safe space and it's not in there because what you described, I could never do this and oh my God, that's so big and how would I even get there? And from this to Oprah, like that's what? That's impossible. Well, okay, no, (laughs) it feels that way right now because your mind can't get to that point because it's not familiar. So you put it all down, all the worries, all the thoughts, all the things that you would probably need to do in a safe space. And then you start with what's one thing I can do today to get closer to that goal. Now, there is project management that we can consider when you're like, okay, I have to create 
this platform or I have to talk to these people or I have to set up a system that's going to support repeat communication. I'm starting even further back with the literally what's one thing. And I'm thinking about like podcasting as as an example, because I put that off for quite some time. I love it. I love it. Why was I putting it off? But I had all the the concerns, you know, all the uncertainties, right? Who wants to listen to me? I don't know. Like, what? who am I? It's that always that who am I to, to be doing this? And, and I ask you, who are you not to be doing this? Move forward with it. So what I did was I started writing down ideas about what I would be talking about. I started talking to people, right? Having our coffee chats, like to meet others and to support each other. I mean, there there are little steps that you can take finding others. Like, I mean, you and I bonded instantly and it's like, I'm there now. By the way, if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to start a podcast and I'm not sure, I will cheer you on. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Lisa is a great, a great fan squad. (laughs) Absolutely. So, it's taking that first step of, of saying, what is one step? We discount that. We do this all the time. People do this when they want to get back into exercise. And they're like, yeah, but what good is 10 minutes going to do? Well, first of all, it is going to do a lot of good. You know, research is showing that it does plenty for your body. But the other thing that it does is it establishes a habit and it helps you build momentum. It helps you become familiar with a concept, with an approach, with a direction, with a goal. And as you do that, your brain locks in. It's a form of automation. Habit is a form of personal automation, right? So that tiny little step that feels like, what's that going to do? It's huge. And the first time I learned that, and still one of my favorite books, and I have on my favorites page, and I mentioned it's called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Okay. I haven't read that one. And I loved it because it really, it actually reflects and it's a really good like companion book to The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And again, both of these, this concept of the compound effect, just like compounding interest, right? You start really small and it feels like it's not much, but when you keep doing that little by little every day, you think about it with skill development, you get better and you get faster. You build momentum. You start to grow. I didn't have the same system that I do with my podcast and with my guests that I did when I first started. And what you do and where you want to go isn't meant to look the same from your starting point to a month later, a year later, a decade later. Yeah. Even if your personal goal would stay the same, right? The technology around you is still going to change. So you're going to have to adapt that even if your personal goal doesn't change have to pick up those two books. Haven't read either of them. So I love the idea of one small thing because that feels like, okay, no big deal. 10 minutes or let me do a Google search. Is there a, a short list of what those small things are today? Is it just getting that brain dump? I think the brain dump is important and figuring out like, okay, fine. You could also pick not only what the next step is, but the next few steps and then block out that you're like, okay, this first step I'm going to work on, it might be figuring out, this is really 
off the top of my head right now, because it, it does depend upon your situation. But my inclination, if I'm going someplace new that I'm not familiar with, would be set aside a time to do some general research so I understand terms and keywords and stuff. It's that whole, you don't know what you don't know, right? So understanding even what to search for immediately connecting to my network. So I'm a questioner, Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies, and that's one of the assessments I have my clients do. And I love it because it really helps you kind of figure out where you're going. And me, I'm very data-driven. So one of the ways to fast-track that is to talk to somebody who's done it or who knows. So to me, I would say that needs to be on the list too. Who's your network? And again, you might sit back and be like, I don't know anybody who's done that, but you know people who maybe know someone, or you know someone who knows someone who knows someone. It's the network. And the way you do it is by putting it out into the universe, putting it out to your friends, to your business network, to anyone. That's part of going for that dream, right? Is to speak it out into the world. And you'd be surprised because the minute you do, suddenly somebody who knows somebody, it's a what, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, was, yep. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's It's that that connection. So yeah, I would say researching to kind of get a baseline, connecting with your network. And then the last thing that I would add, so like we'll say three things that you can be doing today would be to start envisioning. When you ask your brain at first, your brain's like, no, I can't do this. But then you say, but if you could, what would it look like? And you open that up. Vision boards are a great way to do that. And I love talking about those because they sound so woo-woo. <laughs> and I mean that in the most loving way because I'm woo, at, but I'm science too. And vision boards are very scientific. The reticular activating system is part of your brain that recognizes. It's a filter that recognizes what it knows. It's why you can be in a crowded area. And when your kids call mom, you know it's your your kids. <laughs> and, and you think everyone else who says mom is also them sometimes, but yes. You know. uh, no, you still respond, but you're like, no, nope, that wasn't them. You know, like <laughs> that's just, that's mom instinct. Yeah. But it is why when you have like, when I say a ripe, juicy lemon, you can immediately envision that, right? And so when you do vision boards and when you do visualization, you're helping your brain get familiar with what this might look like. It's sometimes it could be fun, like hop on Pinterest and I'm giving you permission to go wander on Pinterest and, and create like a mood board for this dream of yours and what it could look like. So yeah, I would say those, those three things. That is amazing and perfectly connected because I was looking to do an episode all about vision boards. And as of recording this, I had not yet found the vision board expert that I was seeking <laughs> through the network. So I love that you went there and talked about vision boards. Can you quickly say, you mentioned doing the Pinterest search, make it fun, but is there any evidence between like the physical collage type versus a digital vision board? Does it matter as long as it's there and we can see it? It doesn't matter as long as it's there. I actually have a vision board training in my products. $8, it, easy peasy. And it is a, a combination. So if you like the the craftiness of like cutting out things, if you like that, that sort of that tangible feeling, do it. But there are so many great ways you can do Pinterest boards. I've done Canva collages, and I've actually done single topic vision boards. So I did one for my podcast when I was creating that. And next year, 
it's time to write a book. That's going to be my next thing. And uh, <laughs> I'm doing a, uh, a vision board for that. So you, yeah, you could call them style boards, mood boards, vision boards, call it what you want, but it's visualizing and you can do it digitally. There are even really cool apps. And I do mention these in the training. I think Hay House is one of them, but you could also any collage that you can do and also creating boards on Pinterest, all of those work as long as you work them, as long as you have them available, as long as here's a quick tip. As soon as you have something visual, get it on a lock screen on your wallpaper, on your laptop, or do it digitally and then get one photo print out and frame it and put it up on your wall. Doesn't matter how, but get it somewhere where you can keep connecting back to it. But for me, I love locking into the science of it. And the fact of the matter is, is that what you focus on, you fuel. That means that we're giving energy to it, which means that we're allowing our brains to constantly troubleshoot. You think that when you're in the shower and you're going to the grocery store and you're driving down the road, cranking Boston with the windows open, just me? No? That you're not thinking about those things that you're not troubleshooting and creating and coming up with ideas, but you absolutely are. Your brain is constantly working on it. So when you have the vision board, when you have these ideas, when you have the specifics you're giving your brain a direction. I love that because, you know, I mean, I am a scientist by training, so I love that you focus on the data, the science piece, and a little bit of the woo, but it's more like this is this is a proven technique, right? This is why it works for your brain. So thank you. And since you mentioned this book that's in the works, tell us more. Like you do so much. You have so many great tools out there. You've already mentioned a few. What is next for you in your fairy tale? I mean, I say book, it's really been books. And that's been part of my challenge is to kind of limit it because there are so many different things that I've, I've done and and kind of different angles that I come into in terms of helping people. But I think that I'm probably going with the biggest gap that's out there. And for me, it's productivity for multi-passionates. And the reason why that's so important to me, and again, you don't necessarily have to call yourself a multi-passionate to say, oh yeah, I can see why this would make sense. If you have more than one thing going on in your life, most planners don't suit you that well. So if you are in fact like me and like many of my clients, and you have this drawer of partially used planners that you keep trying in the hopes that one of them will work, uh, it's that kind of frustration that I want to address and to help us understand. We have a society that has certain tendencies and preferences where society loves to like lift up the early bird, right? But people have different circadian rhythms and the night owl is just as productive. We have a society that's like, pick one thing and focus on it. Have one job, one career, be loyal, keep going. I think we're getting away from that a little bit, but for the longest time, that's what it's been. And for those of us who are like, "Eh, but I switched jobs, but I like different things, but I also want to do that. We feel a bit lost because it's not as supported. And quite frankly, I suppose it can be confusing to support multiple things at once. And I'm here to say there is a better way. And I think I need to write a book about it. So that's, that's my next endeavor. Oh my goodness. We'll have to share it when it's here. Very exciting. Can you share with our listeners where they can find more of you, how they can listen to you more regularly? 
I would love that. Thank you so much for asking. Well, you're listening to an amazing podcast right now. Whatever platform you're on, if you'd like to pop over to Positively Living and spend time with me there, I'd love that. You can, of course, find links to everywhere that I am on my website, PositivelyProductive.com. And if you like to have fun, come hang out with us, Kristen does, on Instagram. And I'm at Positively underscore Lisa, and I'm pretty goofy there. So if you want a good laugh, I have no shame. <laughs> I love it. You do. You put out some fun reels. Like every day, I feel like there's something. I'm like, oh, there's Lisa. <laughs> so very entertaining. But thank you so much for sharing all of these tips. And I personally love it because now I feel less guilty about maybe going to do a puzzle at some point during the day <laughs> because it's going to be creating that potential space. And then I'll still be thinking and dreaming while I'm doing it. It's not really a no brainer activity. It isn't. And it primes your productivity for when you go back to whatever task you were working on. Do it and tell me what kind of puzzles you're doing. So we'll, we'll compare notes because we'll have puzzles going this, this winter. Ooh, All right. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Kristen. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Raise your hand if you're feeling a little lighter or freer to go do something fun. I know I am. I will definitely be making time for some puzzles. So aside from that personal note, here are my top takeaways. Number one, start envisioning. I love the idea of vision boards. I've made one myself this year. They're fun. And actually, you know what? Since we recorded this, Lisa has her own episode on vision boards. Head on over to the Positively Living Podcast. Check out episode number 137. It's from December of 2022. And check out that episode if you want to dig more into the vision board aspect. Takeaway number two, know yourself. It is so easy in today's world and all the stuff we have going on to really push aside like our wants, our needs, our dreams. So you really have to be intentional and take that time and get to know yourself again. And number three, my favorite declutter, we need to make space, whether it's physical, emotional, we have physical space to breathe, we have emotional space to even let those dreams come out again, right? And again, I couldn't help but think back to episode 49 with Masako Kazawa on meditation, really just getting to know yourself, making space, taking that time to meditate. I felt like both of these episodes really drove home very similar points, even though we were talking about completely different topics. And there you have it. Another special edition episode is done. I hope you found it helpful in getting back in touch with what your fairy tale is. And I want to thank you for being here. It means so much to me that we are on this journey together. If you know someone who may benefit from this episode, please share it with them. I'm not giving up on my dreams, and I hope you won't either. I'm Kristen Latini, and this is Build Your Own Fairy Tale. When I set out on my solopreneur journey, I wanted to be the most organized and professional without spending a lot of money. Sound familiar? That's when I discovered a customer relationship management platform called 17 Hats, a game changer even if you're a newbie without tons of clients. Here are three quick reasons why I love 17 Hats. Number one, it allowed me to replace my scheduling tool. Hello, one less subscription to pay for. Number two, I can effortlessly send quotes, contracts, and invoices, helping me look super professional. And number three, magical workflows that allow me to automatically send emails and reminders without being tied to my inbox 24-7. 
The best part is they've got a free seven-day trial so you can check it out firsthand. And if you decide to purchase, here's the best part. Use code FAIRYTALE for a 50% discount off your first year subscription. So head on over to 17hats.com and check it out. Here's to simplifying and making things more magical.